time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. It is Monday, the 5th of June. How fast we're past Memorial Day. I hope you all enjoy your Memorial Day holiday. And we're moving on and in to the summer, hot summer months. And we're hoping there's some activity going on the housing market. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. And we've got announcements. Do you know what's important announcement we've got? First of all, Mark Helm would love to be here. He says hi to all y'all. That's Texas Talk, all of you, all y'all. Anyway, he says hello from a cruise ship. He's up there in the Pacific Northwest on a cruise doing the inland waterways up to Alaska, I believe it is. But he's on a cruise, says, sends his greetings. But the big news, you ready for the big news? Kittle's on here. Alice is here. Matt's here. So excited to have all three of you joining us. Appreciate you here. But you know what the big news, guys? I became a grandpa on Wednesday this last week. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> and there's, you know, congratulations. Yeah. My youngest daughter, Christina gave birth to Eloise Duval Kinder. So we announced her birth on this and oh my gosh, I did not know what a little bundle could do to your emotions and your heart pulls it out of you. And uh, just that we've been so I'm so good. Jealous of Kittle and the different ones that are all the ones that have grandparents. And he sends me a picture of his little, uh, grandchild in the helmet. His son is in the, uh, and it flies for the air. Is it the air uh, Coast Guard? Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Yeah. yeah Coast and Guard. In, inside his, his son's helmet that he flies with is his little baby. And then in all these pictures. So it's just like finally joining the ranks of the grandparents. It's about time. We started our family late. Uh, Al started early. We started late, but we all get to the same place and that's grandbabies. And so excited. We have our second one coming in October with our other daughter being pregnant. And so we're very excited about all that good news. So, so sorry, listeners, got to share that with you. And uh, it's just so good to be with you each and every week. We're hearing so much feedback. So many people have been laid off. And I am so, so sorry that this market has caught you in a downturn. This is more than a downturn. It is, it's like someone cut the cables on an elevator shaft. It feels like at times with the amount of drop and what's going on. The costs of originations, as the NBA recently reported, I have gone up. We had Marsha, excuse me, we had Maria uh, Marina Walsh on talking about how costs are going up. Volumes continue to be challenged. And of course, we blame Matt for all of it because he's the one that reports on what's going on in interest rates. So we'll get into all of that in just a minute. But so many of you are writing and saying how much you enjoy the podcast. You're staying in touch with this industry. Don't leave this industry, folks. We need you. We need you. The, we're going to be back into having better times ahead. These are going to be, this is a, this is a blip. And it's a significant blip, but it is a, you know, there's <laughs> one person said, Dave, this is not a blimp. This is a blip. I'm not a blimp, blip. It's a blimp. It's a big monster of a drop. I agree. So, so many of you are listening and texting me and thank you so much for your listenership. 
and uh, your feedback. And we really tried to bring the bright side and of what's going on in the industry. Yes, we challenge everyone as we did over Memorial Day holiday. Mark and I did a podcast talking about where's your head? What are you doing to expand your markets? If you didn't listen to that podcast, I encourage you to do so. We're recording a series of podcasts uh, on, on those that are helping promote and working on sales and how to work with people. I'm really excited about the ones that we recorded and that we'll be releasing shortly. You'll hear about that in just a minute. We also have some more that we're in the process of recording. So much we have to be looking at what's going on in our headspace. What is going on in your, that space between years? They, Kittle, and I, you know, Kittle plays golf. I play at golf. And um, he says it's a game of six inches, and it's right between your ears. And that's so much about originations and about mortgage industry. It's the game between your ears, that six-inch space. Or <laughs> for some people, eight inches. Some of them you'd suggest four. But anyway, whatever that distance is, we know how important it is that you have your head, you have a right mindset. We're going to be talking more about that down the road. But anyway, special thank you to our sponsors. Candor Technology does a great job with their automated underwriting system. First, to earn a patent for its unique technology solutions. They also had Candor Plus. We had Ed Corne on talking about that on May 26th, just the week before last. Really exciting stuff, what Candor Plus can do for your company to reduce costs, running more and more also through, running more and more of your uh, underwriting through this engine. So powerful. Also, it works wonderful for repurchase risk, managing repurchase risk. Again, by using this workflow tool, this underwriting engine, you are able to right-size your company for the last time. Finastra, also grateful to have them. We're planning more and more webinars. Got another one coming up with them. I just love the thought leadership that goes on inside of big companies. You know, they, everyone says, ah, those big companies, they can't get out of their own way. Well, I'll tell you, Finastra is doing some very innovative things with their um, MortgageBot POS as well as their MortgageBot LOS for post-closing, closing, imaging, document, they're bringing in AI, more and more is going on. They have their old Fusion Laser Pro system. It's still number one in the market when it comes to the consumer space. And what they're doing, and they're just continue innovating. Get involved in these webinars that we're doing. I'd love to hear, get your thoughts on it. Um, what's going on in the tech space? Alan reports on it. Finastra is at the top of the list. They're doing a great job, as is Total Expert. I love what they do about helping turning customers' insights into actions, turning customer insights into actions. Did you hear that? How the customers that you do have, let's get them moving towards an action, and it increases loyalty and drives growth for anyone involved in the mortgage lending process. Listen to the interview we did on March 15th with Joe Whalenu. Uh Joe is, um, we've got the user conference coming up, and I'll be speaking at, Next week, I'll be flying out to um, sunny, wonderful San Diego, where I used to live and have two mortgage companies out there, heading back out there, and we're going to be having their user conference. I'll be speaking at it. Looking forward to seeing many of the, our listeners there. Also, Simple Nexus does a great job with their mortgage software and technology, recently acquired, or a while back now, bought by Encino. A lot going on in that company. Listen to the interview we did with um, Andrea Lightfoot, March 8th. Look forward to continuing to see them change the way the mortgage industry is done. Also, we have Mortgage Bankers Association of America, MBA, Lenders One, and the Mortgage Collaborative. We're going to get an announcement for Tittle a little bit on the new CEO present at um, in, um, the Mortgage Collaborative. So 
Looking forward to hearing about the TMC, what they're up to. Also, Knowledge Cube, Ken Perry and his group do a great job with their learning management system. And then when it comes to recruiting, you've got to look at Mobility, MMI, and Modex. These two companies, I love what the Larsons are doing at Modex. And I'm going to feature them a little bit more on this the commentary. I've got a call coming up with them. They've been a sponsor of the podcast. Here has been Mobility, MMI. Both of these companies, we use both of these companies when we're working with our clients, and we encourage our clients to sign up with both of them. You pick the one that best serves your needs, but there are real strong merits and really a good argument that says you need both of them. So check out both of them, Mobility, MMI, and Modex, as well as Mortgage Advisory Tools. Let's see here. This coming, oh, May 31st, we uh, released a podcast with uh, John Mahoney of Moby. That was a friend of one of the few friends that Kittle has. Joke, joke. He has so many. But it's talking about cybersecurity, zero trust network. And a very interesting discussion. Mr. Kittle, thank you for that introduction. That was really interesting. So go back and listen to that, everybody. Uh, John Mahoney um, of Moby LLC. Upcoming this week, we've got Tiffany Rose, and she will be doing an interview, or we interviewed her about attracting versus chasing business. She's one of the top, top originators in the nation. Encourage you to listen to that. This is, again, the first of a series that we're doing and releasing out to help you with your production side of your business. Special shout-out goes to Adam DeSantis, Les Parker, Matt Graham, who's here live, David Kittle, who's here live, Alice Alvey, also here live. Alan Pollock won't make it as he is traveling today, as is Mark Helm. So thank you all for your contributions and making this podcast such a success. And, yes, I'm seeing the congratulations come in on being a grandpa. Best title in the world. What a deal. Anyway, puts life in perspective when you're holding a little baby and looking at the future. You know, the weekend before, I was at a funeral. My cousin, who was just a few years older than me, died of an uh, aneurysm. And uh, just hate to see that happen, his untimely death. So we go from a death to a birth. Just kind of puts everything in perspective. We're going through some difficult times, question, no question about it, folks. But, you know, when you see the you, – you bury one of your dear, dear family members, and then you see the birth of a new family member, life goes on, and that's what we all need to do. So let's get moving on into this podcast. Here's Adam DeSanctis with today's Mortgage Minute from the NBA. Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, FHA posted a proposed mortgagee letter to the single-family drafting table establishing its newest loss mitigation option that provides payment relief for distressed borrowers who are delinquent on their mortgage payments. The proposed payment supplement partial claim allows mortgagees to use a partial claim to carry borrowers' arrearages and temporarily reduces the principal portion of a borrower's monthly payment for three to five years. The payment supplement partial claim allows servicers to offer borrowers additional payment relief while preserving their existing below-market interest rate without completing and redelivering a loan modification to Ginny May. In response to a December 20, 2022 letter from MBA, FHA posted the mortgagee letter to the drafting table to afford stakeholders the opportunity to recommend improvements to the new program. Comments are due to FHA by Friday, June 30, 2023. MBA will formulate its response through its Loan Administration Committee. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you, MBA, for all that you're doing, fighting the battles inside of the ever-getting crazier beltway. Just goes like, what is going on? 
Really looking forward to getting into some discussion. Alice has got a great report coming up in her segment, so stay tuned all the way for that. But before we do that, let's get talking about what seems to be front and center in all of our minds, and that is mortgage rates. What is happening on? So we're going to start off with Les Parker's macro view of the markets. I like what Alice says. She says, I write down everything Les says because he has tends to be way right, way more than wrong. In fact, I think she said at this point it was almost flawless. And we'll have to get that. Let's see what he has to say today. I, I cheated and listened to what he did. So enjoy the harmony or the vocals that Les puts into this segment as much as the information. Very valuable information. Here we are. PM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Song sung blue, every trader knows one. Some snub clues, every datum grows one. After the 10-year yield dropped to 357, our target area, the jobs report gave traders a reason to establish a near-term trading range between 355 and 380. But with global recession concerns intensifying, anticipate a vengeful return of the bond bulls. As summer heats up, even with the 10-year falling to 250, refis will remain beached. And before you know it, get to selling good. June simply got no choice. These spot-on views are mine. Don't be blue. Make a choice to join at tmspotlight.com. Les Parker, you almost got me singing along there with you. Okay. Alice, he did a pretty good job there. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he does that without listening to the song. So he, he listens to it, and then he records his segment. And, and it's, it's within by memorizing kind of what the range is. It's, that's an amazing thing. So great information. I love it. Alice, I turn to you because you are an appreciator of music being coming from such a musical family as you do. I so. am. And also, you know, you can't ever go wrong with the Neil Diamond song. Oh, no. Neil. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the songs. I mean, what a great artist. What a great artist. Yeah. Les Parker did a good job on that. But that was he really did. interesting. He did. And Matt Graham. So anyway, before we go on, Matt Graham, I want to go there. We got to say this. You can sign up for Les Parker's TM Spotlight newsletter. Get the paid version for free, like free. We all like free. You can do that if you put in the code POWER for Power Seller. You get a great newsletter. It's really very, very, very information, informative. And um, you can always tile in and listen to, uh, listen to Les Singy. He quotes music on the newsletter. He doesn't sing. He should be doing that. Figure out a way to do that, Parker. Does a great job. Matt Graham. Not going to ask you to sing, but man, I was looking at you were getting a, must be getting a lot of hate email this morning. I turned on the mbslive.net and turned it on, looked at that, and I go, what? And so, what about this 380 and then down to what did Les say he'd be going? We could be going to. You stay away from prognosticating about where interest rates are going, yeah. which I respect, Matt. But wow. Yeah, I think uh, well, Les nailed it both vocally and analytically. Uh, I think he said what three fifty five or three eighty seems yeah. fine to me. Um, and uh, he made a couple of points that I was planning on making about the general uh, you know flow of last week, and uh, I would add a few things. Uh, well, we topped out in yields the previous week, and I don't think I talked to you guys on Monday due to the holiday, but uh, the, the big overriding theme during that time has been a, a reassessment of how long the Fed is going to keep its policy rate at the ceiling level. 
And uh, it has been steadfast in saying it's going to be a long time before we cut rates. And the market had been doubting the Fed significantly, pricing in, um, you know, about a full percent of rate cuts by the end of the year. And that rapidly changed during the month of May and especially in the past few weeks on economic data, among other things, inflation data. And uh, the Fed funds futures implied yield for the end of 2024 uh, moved up from 4% to 5% during that time. And uh, when it peaked uh, at the end of two weeks ago, that's the same point at which 10-year yields were moving up into that 3.8 plus territory. And uh, there was a little bit of extra selling from the debt ceiling issues and some investors just defensively moving out of the treasury space and then moving back in when it became clear that a deal would be inked by the end of the week at the beginning of last week. Uh, and indeed that came to pass when it actually happened. It didn't add any additional momentum to treasuries. It wasn't a, uh, a big guidance giver for the bond market long-term. It just caused short-term volatility inside a range. Uh, European economic data helped yields move a little bit lower, and um, you know we were just recovering back toward the ceiling of the previous range, which was maybe 3.4 to 3.6, and then waiting for a cue from the jobs report, as Les mentioned, that pushed rates higher. Uh, there was a lot of gnashing of teeth and such on MBS Live and Twitter and elsewhere on Friday because the unemployment rate went up uh, 0.3%. And payrolls also surged to much higher levels than expected. And so everybody wants to know, how can the labor market be both better and worse at the same time? Who's lying to me? And yep. the, the thing, thing to remember about NFP and uh, the underlying report that it comes from, the employment situation, is that it is an absolutely massive data collection effort comprised of two distinct surveys. One is a more systematized one going out to businesses that just report the number of payrolls they have. And the other is actual uh, interview questions going to regular old American consumers or I, I don't know, households. It's called a household survey. So we can call it that. And uh, the household survey people were, uh, you know, said they had less work or they were more unemployed than before. Whereas uh, employers said they had more payrolls and that's just the way the ball bounces. Uh, there's noise in these numbers over time. If you're looking at uh, the payroll count over time, it's been declining in the past year and well, it's been declining really ever since. It, and um, it, the, it's not abnormal to see a beat or a miss of more than a hundred thousand jobs in this. And it, it just feels abnormal every time because it's pretty far away from the forecast. So economists are really still getting their bearings after uh, the pandemic just rewrote the rules of what seasonal adjustment factors should look like and what the composition of the labor force looks like. And it is still sort of falling into whatever the new normal will end up being. And between now and whenever it settles out, there is additional potential for volatility in the, the economic numbers, especially labor market numbers, especially NFP. And uh, it's really not a surprise to um, people that follow these things very closely, but it, we understand it is a surprise to people that are just looking at the headline every now and then. Um, why did the bond market follow 
NFP. Why did it follow the payrolls number and not the unemployment rate? Uh, Because traders give an infinitely higher amount of preference to the payroll number for a couple of reasons. Number one, it is, like I said, more systematized coming directly from employers. It's not subject to this sort of, um, I don't know what you would call it, the personal biases in the household survey or just the fact that, you know, Mm -hmm. Somebody could say whatever they want on the phone, whereas these businesses are reporting actual payrolls they have. Um, And then the other reason is that uh, if you look at a chart of payrolls versus unemployment over time, payrolls tell a much clearer, much earlier story than unemployment. They are the first to move by years sometimes when uh, economic trends shift and they uh, get to the ceiling when they're rising faster and they stay there longer as unemployment just sort of uh, drifts down in those cases. So it's, it's a cleaner read on what's happening in the labor market. It's an earlier indicator and it's, um, uh, I guess, more valid in the eyes of traders. So it is the market mover and it always has been uh, as long as I've been doing this for 16, 17 years. So anyway, uh, all that to say, there can be variations in that data and it makes sense for rates to have risen in response mm-hmm. and uh, rates might've kept rising this week, but the ISM non-manufacturing data pushed back in the other direction today and got us back to sort of unchanged levels. And from here, it's just a holding pattern, nothing super significant coming up this week and really just looking toward next week where we get CPI and the fed on uh, consecutive days. And um, the fed is, not expected to hike rates at this meeting, but maybe they'll say something that gives us a uh, an, an idea of you know how firmly they're sticking to that ceiling. If they are looking at any other data besides the data they've already pointed out uh, to inform that decision-making process, and uh, yeah, honestly, I'm not really sure what the Fed's going to say, but we will get a dot plot in any event, and that will probably uh, set the tone for the bond market on Wednesday afternoon. Good. Good, man. I mean, you touched on a whole lot of stuff in there, Matt, that was too much, really too much. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I I was listening, you know, saying that expression, hanging on every word you're saying. I mean, literally, I think a lot of people are, I mean, but but I think what's most interesting is the non-farm payroll or the, 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 the non-farm, the actual payroll data that comes directly from employers. There's a statement in there. And that goes, we're, we, we keep hearing people, people get shamed out of saying, I don't know if I trust the numbers. Well, what, what can you do with that? I agree with you. And, you, you know, I've talked about that. We've talked a little bit about that. What can you do with that? But when you see these numbers are coming directly from employers and you're seeing that data, there is more credibility and trust in that type of reporting than you are getting out of the other means that were there's accusations being made, the numbers are being manipulated. I'm not playing, I'm not going in. The numbers are the numbers and we're moving, the market's moving. We need to think about that and just be quit trying to get into what's going on behind the scenes and just deal with what we have to deal with because at the end of the day, that's what traders are trading off of. But it's the insights you have on your website again are just outstanding. What you bring to us each week is so much appreciated. And, and we tease you about blaming you for what's going on, but obviously we don't as we hang on your website. And it is one of the most valuable 
pieces of information you could go to because not only do you get to look at what's actually happening with the actual numbers in real time, but then you're watching and reading the news. You have clips in there that you wonderfully put in, so I don't have to subscribe to all these CNBC and all that because you put it in there for me, what I, what I need to pay attention to. And then that along with the comments from people, which registers the emotional psyche, uh, emotional state of others reading the, what's on your website. It's just, it just gives you the whole blend. It's the whole, the whole spectrum. So thank you. Really good stuff. You bet. I did it just for you. You do it just for me. I know it. I feel so fortunate. And everyone else gets to be a benefit from it. Yeah, as if. But you do a great job. Anything that you think we should be looking at particularly? I mean, the thing you mentioned earlier where we were talking about um, what's on the calendar this week. And anything you want to, you know, add to that? Uh, it, you know, it's boring, just inflation, really. I mean, yeah. CPI um, on comes out the day before yeah. uh, the Fed announcement. So I think that's probably the biggest deal in the in that's the short term. Cool. But, uh, yeah, uh, just because there may be questions about it, there's a lot of talk about government bond issuance in the wake of the debt ceiling deal. But, you know, most of that was to be expected and just on hold due to the debt ceiling deal. It hasn't been a big market mover. And then other people mentioned um, uh, part-time and multiple job holders accounting for the difference between NFP and and the unemployment rate. But uh, that multiple job holders category tends to rise in labor market expansions. And it is not the sort of thing that indicates some sort of stress to – get multiple jobs to pay for higher inflation. Now, maybe in this economic cycle it is, but it doesn't change the fact that it is a positive indicator for the labor market historically always, and that as a percentage of the total employed people, it is uh, not much of an indicator at all. So just sort of uh, grasping at straws to explain something that's best explained by the concept of quote-unquote noise. Uh, That's not really... Something to watch so much looking forward, but it's one more interesting thing I had to say, I guess. Uh, so yeah. we're just waiting on data, waiting on inflation, waiting to see, you know, the Fed dots and and then crossing our fingers, hoping that price pressures begin to ebb. Well, Les Parker just dialed in and uh, is going to add some things. Parker, good to have you here, friend. Thank you. Just a quick comment. Uh, gave you a great assessment of the whole situation. Um what I would don't say that on air though, because it kind of goes to his head sometimes. You know what I mean? That's that's the, yeah. No, no, it that's what you <laughs> that's what you pay him for. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, that yeah, he's, he's going to retire on your payment. Uh, yeah, right. I, <laughs> he's retiring so on your payment. You think that's good? All right. right. As you he, were saying, he's, he's working on his passive income. Uh, anyway, we're. I wanted to uh, address one thing I did put in the uh, in the one minute update today was that I think by the end of this year, and that's what I wanted to add the comment. I think we have a real good chance of getting to 250 on the 10 year, and the reason is because of what Matt just said. Inflation is it is on in the flash indicators around the world is really uh, ebbing now. Just the other day, it was picked up some in Europe, but it's 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 moving quickly to a recession. So the outlook is turning pretty negative on prices for you know a quarter or two from now, and that's why I think we have a good chance for um, you know 100 basis points move to lower rates. 
But even if that happens, it doesn't do anything to the refi market, and it, no, it does very, very little. So yeah. mortgage bankers are in a world of hurt right now, are losing money, uh, you know, uh, only less than what? Right, a third of them are lost money last year, and 21 percent lost it. That if they were, if they had some, uh, if they didn't have any servicing, that's pathetic. Um, so we go from record margins yep. to record, uh, losses. You know, record losses. So yeah, yeah. Anyway. Worst, worst that's, that's why I do. I am I'm optimistic for the uh, well, probably the it, fourth quarter, but. Uh, it is a good. Wait, it is good I, that is good news. Production. Yeah, that is good news. But you know, is it going to help? It doesn't solve the inventory problems. But Alice just wrote that down. She's going to hold you to it and bring it up on the podcast here. Fine. It, it, look, it, the inventory problem is a difficult thing on the existing housing side. Right. It's not on new uh, constructions. Really having a pretty good. It's looking yeah. pretty good, and so uh, it's going to. And also, that kind of puts a floor to prices to somewhat it might drift a little bit lower right. continue to drift some and in certain markets they'll drift down more and yep. others will be nice and stable and have you know increase one or two percent so anyway that's the only thing well thanks for so dialing thank in Les. i really, really do okay. appreciate that right. yeah, that's, that's i'll encouraging. listen to the comments so. all right uh, yeah, bye-bye. bye-bye thank you les do appreciate it all right matt see you there you're loved your your comments yeah on yeah, it Honored. Well, yeah, well, you, we're honored to have you on here, Matt. I really mean that. And uh, yeah, for, for the record, Matt does not get paid for doing this. He does this because he cares about you, the listeners, having the latest information. Yeah, he wants to get more subscribers. We've hit, had a big, helped him with that a lot. But we're just so grateful, Matt, for you taking time each day to get here or each week to get here and uh, share with us uh, from your fabulous technology and efforts. We really are appreciated, friend. Appreciate it very much. Glad to be here. Good to have you here, friend. All right. Let's get over to David Kittle. Actually, Kittle, I'm going to actually, we're going to reverse the order a little bit because Alice has a report that I want to get to uh, that she shared with us that is really interesting. And I want to get to that because it's some commentary that's going to go into talking about what is going on in the, in the industry. So let's, Alice, if you wouldn't mind, David, if you just allow me to rearrange that just a smidge, that'd be good. Alice, let's get over to talking with you, my friend. Good to have you here, Alice. Hey, good to have you. Good to be here. Um, I have two things. So I think what I'll do is I'll save the Fannie Freddie thing to be second. Um, okay. And the first thing to just give everyone a heads up on um, that the agencies are requesting information on the quality control standards for AVMs. So if you're using an automated valuation model, would you, you would now have to put in place all of these extra quality control steps. What's interesting as I was reading through this uh, proposal is it includes the standards that Fannie and Freddie would have to put in place to for they essentially are issuing an automated valuation with an appraisal waiver, right? So they're telling us mm-hmm. they've got enough information without conducting an appraisal that you know we we know we don't need a full appraisal. So it does apply to them, which is interesting that they're throwing this proposal out there. It is a laundry list of questions that you can tell they're trying to probe yes. from the industry what what is it that needs to be considered as you get into these nuances. The, the good news is, is if the agencies issue us an appraisal waiver, there isn't anything extra we have to do from a QC standpoint to ensure that 
it's all been done properly, uh, that would be falling on the agencies. But there's a big section in this to respond on the impact of AVMs uh, within neighborhood bias. Um, so there are a lot of questions uh, that fall into that. It, it gets into um, AVMs that may be used in servicing. So if you use an AVM, for example, to do a loan modification, it does seem like this proposal would say, or it's mm -hmm. asking essentially, should those be looped in? So I really do uh, encourage lenders to get out there, read this one. It's in the early stages, and that's the time to get your thoughts on the table. You know, mm -hmm. Dave, you and I lived the whole Dodd-Frank Act where everybody mm -hmm. got up in arms once the law was passed. We're going, we've been talking about this for three years. Yeah, <laughs> and we needed to comment at this stage. So um, if you're a credit union and you rely on AVMs, take a look at this. Um, there is some carve-outs and some discussion on how to handle a QSO. Um, but for lenders, there are there's an opportunity to get in and make sure this doesn't step on AVMs that we might use when we already have a valuation. It looks like those will be fine, you know, if you're just using an AVM to monitor your portfolio or you're using it to as a second look uh, when you already have a full appraisal on the file. Those look like those will be set aside. But uh, take a look at that one. Uh, comments are due in about the next 60 days. So heads up on that one. Uh, and my second piece is uh, the Fannie and Freddie Credit Score and Credit Report Initiative. Uh, I talked about this a little bit. Uh, this is very, very early stages. We should know more, they're saying, by September. What I wanted our listeners to know about was that they are publishing a quarterly update. And make sure you're getting this in your news feed, uh, that you're getting this update. And I noticed in the May version, there's a survey on slide six. So I sent the slide to the PowerPoint today that will be on the Licking on Lending website if you want to just quickly go there. And it's yep. a very interesting survey. You don't need to put in your name. Uh, you can just go through and answer the questions about, you know, how is this going to impact you? What, what are um, thoughts and concerns that you have? There are some comment boxes. And really, what are the stress points? How would you rank um, the the uh, the, the issues that you have for implementation and just i'm sorry i should clarify the issue with this is that there's going to require the use of the new fico 10t score and mm -hmm. the advantage score now mm -hmm. now we'll have two scoring models instead of today we have one all right so do i get to pick which one i want what if i didn't like the answer i got from the first one can i go rerun it with the second one i have a lot of questions so yeah. it's just about how do I get an approval still out of DU and LP with this new credit score model. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll, there's a, the survey should be pretty easy for anybody to just jump in and uh, send your thoughts along the way as we're in the early stages for credit score and this credit report initiative. Um, so Dave, I think I'll, I'll leave it there and good. do a question. Good, 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 good. I, do, yeah, I, I, I went through this, the slide deck, and I thought this was really good. This was actually something – this was encouraging – to hear and to read as we are looking at how to look at it. I'm just excited that we have two credit systems now, Vantage, which I've been a big fan of. We've been talking on this podcast about that. Again, thanks to Mr. Kittle, introduced us to them a while back. They've been members of um, a TMC for a while. And uh, Vantage Score has just got some really – it's got an approach that really challenged the FICO score. But the 10T, there's, there's, everything's moving, and it's – Competition is a wonderful thing. Vantage Score, thank you for coming forth. And um, let's see what this means for home ownership. And does it does Vantage Score live up to what it was? They, we've talked about here, 
and it's opening up, was it 10 million new potential homeowners could qualify as a result of the Vantage Score approach to credit? So um, really going to be interesting. Take that survey. Alice, thank you so much for providing this. And then we're going to want to stay right here because I want to continue on. If you are great, do you have a little more, are you able to stay on for the podcast the whole way so we can get into a discussion? Because some news coming out of Freddie Mac, I heard about, Kittle confirmed it. And I heard some yeah, rumors that we're in one of those markets that if you haven't heard a rumor by nine o'clock, you start one, like one guy said, I chuckle at the comment, but I think there's sometimes I'm wondering about that, but there is rumor of things going on at Freddie Mac. David Kittle, good to have you here with us live. We missed you here, but you've got some news on TMC, but let's start off with what you've been hearing on Freddie Mac, some things, some um, staffing changes there, correct? Yeah. Good morning. It's good to be back, David. Thanks. And just heard that there's been uh, in the last week or so another riff, a reduction in force. And it's not, you know, lower level, if that's the correct word. It's uh, higher ups and VPs and things like that. And the fear both of those that uh, have been let go or gone and those that remain is that there's a lot of intellectual capital yeah. uh, that's, that's being let go. Yeah. And uh, that's a real fear, and it appears to be appears to be accurate. And so you really got to wonder what's going on over there uh, with the new president there. So, yeah, I've been hearing the same things, David. And I'm, you know, it's like ah, this is one of those things where it's so rumor can be so so rumor based. But I really have been hearing about it and going that concerned me a lot. And so, anyway, it is um, it is it can you you confirmed it so. Anyway, I think the, the legacy now, some are saying, I mean, I've been reading some commentary on this, and some are saying it's about time we got rid of some of the legacy thinking that's out there. The newer people that are coming into this are thinking about it in a new construct, and is that altogether bad? Well, I look at our housing finance system and how much we've relied on Fannie and Freddie as this survey that Alice is saying as, as is ta- alerted us to, and I've got up in front of my screen here. It's really encouraging to see that they're, there, there's changes happening or there's desire for change for making it more reasonable. Again, what we have with Fannie and Freddie have been such a powerful and part of our engine, our home ownership in America, affordable home ownership in America um, engine that I hate to see changes. And so is that good or bad? But I'm glad to see that you confirmed that. So anything more, David, that you're picking up through the collaborative uh, on what's happening inside the beltway. I have also hearing there's a leaning more towards a woke agenda and I get concerned about that. Yeah. Well, I haven't heard that specifically. You're talking about that in DC around the woke agenda. I think it's probably evident from everything that's inside DC right now. Be hard pressed uh, to argue the other way, not just in our business, but in, but in everything inside the beltway, but uh, around TMC, if I may, take a moment you know uh, we announced uh, last end of last week that uh, we've hired our new president and COO chief COO. operating officer with uh, which okay. is Melissa Langdale and uh, we went through about a 90-day process we had a lot of people apply for this job and uh, went through it the correct way and took our time and Melissa has been a member of TMC she's on our lender board um, run a mortgage operation has a great reputation, and she's already in the chair uh, today. So uh, really, really happy uh, that she's with us. Best part, she lives here in Austin, Texas, so I'm going to get a chance to 
get to spend some time face to face with her. So very excited about her. Yeah, I, I do not know her, but congratulations, Melissa. We're looking forward to getting to know you and love to have you on the podcast as soon as you're ready. So, you know, you want can here? I make one more comment about the, yeah, uh, just about the, the reductions, you know, at the GSEs and that's, it's okay. Change is great and there's nothing wrong with it, but you can't, not that this has happened a hundred percent, but you can't get rid of the, of the long term, just because somebody's been around a long time doesn't make it a bad thing. There's, there's a lot of experience that goes around, and we know this business is cyclical. And I think I calculated this up with you, with you one time, David. I think this is the seventh major correction. They're all different. They're all the same uh, since I've been in the business. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of good experience that still needs to be kept uh, do. within the change that needs to occur. Well, that's why we created the Licking on Leadership podcast. You can go out and listen. It's LickingOnLeadership.com. You go listen to that because we are recording the uh, comments of those that have gone before us. And uh, some have already, unfortunately, departed uh, this life, uh, but most are still here. But we're gathering up as much of that because we want to have a website that chronicles or does as much as we can at capturing the thoughts on what's going on and how they approach problems of that day. So I agree with you, David. I'm ready for some new thinking, but do not let go of the wisdom that got us to where we're at. So how would would you balance that? What are your, what would be your advice? If you're advising Fannie and Freddie, how, how, how do you, how do they navigate that one? Thread that needle. Well, first of all, I don't know the reasons for the rifts and why they're doing this. I'm, I'm not certainly not that inside on it, but you first have to know why they're doing it, and they have their reasons, and it's really hard to, to judge until you know why. Then it's just speculation. So, um, you know, if, I, if I'm doing it, um, hopefully they're not trying to make these decisions just based, uh, you know, higher up cut slash because of income or salaries. You know, you really have to take your time and look at it. And uh, I believe the experience at the top at the GSEs right now has the experience not to reduce that way. Um, but um, sure, there's been a lot of cuts there recently, and it's all higher up. So yep, that's what there. I've been hearing too. A lot of we talked to a lot of them. They're calling me and saying, "Hey." about consulting and consulting back in. I've been waiting for Fannie and Freddie going to retain some of these back, uh, get the, the intellectual capital back through a consulting engagement, but just like a government to let someone go at one salary only to hire him back as a consultant at twice the salary or twice the income. So that's, that's kind of fitting for how we spend money as taxpayers. Uh, don't even get me started on that topic. But Alice, are you hearing anything as far as the layoffs or rifts? reduction in force uh, out there? Are you no, hearing not, at, not at the agencies. No, I haven't heard that. I mean, you know, as we're all just, we would all just be speculating. And, uh, but I do have to say that, you know, when, from a learning perspective, you just can't be the intuition that is gained from that, from a lot of years in a job. So hopefully there's a, a good balance there and, and that the reasoning behind all this is really just uh, overstaffing with the change in the volume that's gone on. So, um, but you, it's, you really have to find that balance of new thoughts and new ideas, but retaining those who have the intuition to get through times mm-hmm. like this and make quick decisions, uh, not just based on book learning. That's a good point. Such a good point, Alice. Are you seeing 
uh, let me just re- rephrase that. I am seeing a number of new investment vehicles. They're, I mean, they're all small. Anyone, people looking for different ways to finance housing, they're small, but there are a growing number of them showing up on the landscape. Alice, are you, you work with one of the largest, more successful lenders out there, Union Home. And are you seeing that? And then we'll get to you with the same question, Mr. Kittle. Alice, how about starting with you? New products, new investors. Uh, oh, new new products. You know, uh, the bond loans are popular. People like those. Oh, that's uh, good. Well, and... no income in them. No income in them. No, but... they're terrible. <laughs> so a company standpoint, like, seriously, I got to pay to originate a loan. So, uh, but I'm just off the cuff there. But I, I think, uh, no, I'm not aware of any of the small players. I'd be interested to hear. What are you and what are you and David Chief? Yeah, we're saying, Mr. Kittle, are you seeing any of that? No. I mean, I don't see any new products out there at all. Uh, they're still trying to, to do the same thing. I, I will say again, probably for the 20th time, I think it's the difference between what you have now and knowing how to structure that particular loan. Just because it has problems, you just got to keep taking a look at it. And uh, there may be a way to do it. And experience and intellectual capital may help you do that in the yep. long term. Well, and not everything new and shiny is good for our industry. So uh, we are actually hearing reports, and I'm seeing reports, as we, we work with enough lenders out there, enough companies, and they go, hey, look, have you ever heard of this company? Have you ever heard of that company? We are hearing the reports, and they're coming in. So a lot going on in the home equity space, a lot going on in the home improvement space. Um, there is a general sense that there is still a lot of opportunity, and I agree with this. There's still a lot of opportunity in the residential lending space of our industry. We're going through some, one of the most painful, significant blimp size, not blip size, blimp size is what one of our listeners just wrote me a while back. Uh, corrections going on. And um, we will get through this. But if you look at the underpinnings, you look at the fundamentals, again, momentum versus fundamentals. I talked about this on the podcast overall Memorial Day. You look at the fundamentals under our industry we still have a tremendous amount of pent-up demand for housing and i they believe some really good days ahead we just got to get through this which means how can you operate more efficiently at a lower cost and what are the things that need to be done what are the changes that are coming stay tuned technology is going to be having a lot to go on love to get into technology but unfortunately our technology reporter is probably he's up in the air Hard to call in from an airplane at that height. And so um, connection isn't very good. Those days are gone where we can talk from the airplane like we used to. But anyway, I appreciate Alan and his reports. He's talking about some AI. He's been bringing to some AI companies to my attention that are really developing and are going to continue to accelerate your ability to manage your pipeline. Again, what should we be focused on? David, you talk about this regularly. This is a relationship-driven business. While we need to pay attention to the details, we're going to have more and more technology to help us do that so that we're able to focus on the most important part, and that's the relationship. The question to you, listener, is what are you doing to expand the relationships? Because you're going to have to expand during this time in order to get the volume to fill your uh, pipeline to what you want it to be this year. And while that will be less, you can do more by expanding that network. Folks, it's been good to be here with you this week. Alice, David, thank you for being here. 
Um, we've already, uh, Matt's already dropped and, um, wish Mark and Alan safe travels this week. Wish you guys success. Any parting comments, Alice, as we wrap it up? I love David's comment about you just have to rethink the way you're doing business and, uh, you know, think student loans. How can I help customers who are bearing student loan debt, uh, you know, yeah. what, what's the opportunity out there for cash out refis to consolidate student loan debt? You know, just those types of things, looking at the world a little bit differently to be able to yeah. get more business in the door. Yeah, we were, I was talking to Tiffany uh, when we recorded the interview with Tiffany Rose, which will be aired on June 7th. Her focus has, she's had good success through a divorce attorney. She had gone through a divorce herself, remarried, but she when she went through the divorce, she did not get good advice so she has a passion to help those going through a divorce and it's turned out to be a good origination source this is the time to be thinking about how you originate business differently that's a great one that mr kittle has talked about student loan consolidating there's many opportunities out there and you're just going to have to get better at thinking creatively out there mr kittle last thought oh he's already no, I, oh you're still no, here I'm, no, I'm you're, so I'll try to do this quickly. I just um, was on a, a good good weekend uh, with a really good friend of mine, probably yours too, Terry Aiken from MGIC. We were on a golf trip together, and uh, we spent a lot of time in the car together, and we talked about the past, which we're talking about intellectual capital, not necessarily ours, and how you can go out and reach people. Everybody knows somebody that's buying a house or wants to refinance. Huh? Are you talking to your church group? Are you talking? Are you asking to teach classes? different places are you going to different meetings are you doing the the places where you can be seen can i ask this to speak to your group you know and just ask for the business you can't just get it by and list anymore and that's what terry does he teaches a school of mortgage banking he goes out and speaks to business groups and uh, still does it i mean i thought back you know 30 years ago 35 years ago when i'm a loan officer I taught real estate finance at Jefferson Community College here in Louisville. Number one, mm-hmm. to make extra money, but these were new uh, realtors coming into the business. And it was yep. a way to build more relationships. I mean, everywhere you go, you have to tell somebody what you do in a respectful way and ask if they know somebody that needs financing. Ask. I mean, that's just, you know, Mental. you have to ask for it. Got to do it. Good words. Good words, David. Appreciate it very much. Listeners, I appreciate you tuning in. A special thank you goes out to our sponsors, Candor Technology, Finaster, Total Expert, Simple Nexus, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, and the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, Mobility MMI, Modex, Mortgage Advisory Tools. Folks, good to have you here with us again this week. Look forward to have, write us, send us some things that you want us to be talking about. We're focusing again on the podcast we'll be releasing on June 7th with Tiffany Rose. You're going to, there's some tips coming up there. We've got a number of other interviews that I think you're going to find very helpful. Love to hear what you would like to have covered on this podcast. We enjoy doing this for you, and we enjoy doing it together. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.